0: You're listening to a Cripple and Co. production.
1: This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you. And they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone a willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to cloneawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned.
0: Hey, Andrew,
1: how are you? Hey, Kristen. I'm okay. But if I'm really honest, I haven't been doing super great lately. I'm kind of super really really down.
0: Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Well, you you and I talk all the time. We talk every day. And you know, I've been thinking about going to therapy, but I've been to Mm -hmm. therapists before and I'm afraid that a therapist wouldn't understand all my disability stuff. And you know how much I love talking about disability, right?
0: Yeah, I hear you have like a whole podcast about
1: it. Right? I mean I talk about it all the time everywhere and I'm just worried that I don't want to explain to a therapist like what is ableism what is disability like I don't want to do that before we get into my stuff you know
0: yeah that's fair you shouldn't have to like fully educate a therapist before starting a therapeutic process and I think that's really hard because honestly you deserve support from someone who gets it
1: you get it you're my best you like you're my best friend you get it what do you think I should do
0: I mean i think you should find a disability informed support person to help you work through this if anyone listening to this is interested i'm actually offering disability informed support for forty dollars per session
1: whoa whoa forty dollars a session that's super cheap the last time i checked one session was like over 100 bucks but we can still talk about disability stuff
0: right oh absolutely like everything from like physical changes in your body to ableism and exploring internalized ableism grief that comes with disability chronic pain all that good terrible stuff that so many of us live experience, it's and so based. fun isn't it it's, it's so it's great the best. yes
1: and I, I know you also do you also offer support for non-disabled people too right
0: yeah I do support for able-bodied and non-disabled people as well because really I mean Everyone gets sick or experiences illness or vulnerability at some time in their life. And, well, that's a different experience than living with chronic disability. I think it's all very related. And if you're going through any sort of life change where you're having grief related to bodily change or body difference, I'm more than happy to support you with that as well. I think everybody deserves and needs affordable support.
1: I think that it's such a great thing you're offering. And I... Want to make sure that all the lovely listeners of Disability After Dark can reach you. How do they do that?
0: Okay, well, right now they can reach me by email. It's Kristen K-R-I-S-T-E-N, dot Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S, one zero at com, And you can email me there to ask me questions or uh, let me know if you'd like more information or you can go straight to booking a support session with me.
1: Awesome. Well, I, I can't... I can't speak any more highly of this amazing thing. I'm so excited that there's finally disability centered support for stuff like ableism and for stuff like internalized ableism and all the stuff that we go through that we never get to talk about. And thank you so much for offering it and for putting yourself out there, Kristen.
0: Aw, thanks, Andrew. I hope you feel better soon.
1: Me too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I'm coming at you with a titillating reminder that pre-sales for the world's first disability-driven sex toy, the Bumpin' Joystick, are open right now. You can go to www.getbumpin.com, that's www.getbumpin.com, and you can pre-order your very own Bumpin' Joystick right now. or You can get a gift card for that deliciously disabled person in your life right now. Do it now. Go get it and be part of this amazing new innovation in sex tech. Thanks, friends. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised.
0: This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello,
1: hello, friends! Welcome to the show, friends, and thank you for clicking on a brand new episode of Disability After Dark this Saturday morning. Hello! Welcome to the program, friends. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being a magical disabled light. Thank you. I am your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, shall we? Couple of housekeeping things before we get to our interview today. I would love for you to go wherever you're podcasting right now and leave me a five-star review. Tell me why the show's important and make sure that other people get a chance to listen to this awesome library of resources that I've created with amazing guests and amazing stories. So if you're able to, please leave us a review wherever you podcast because it really helps the show. Okay, so I want to give a shout out to our Patreon peeps, and that's the people that keep the light shining on this show each and every week with their pledges. Thank you so much. Today, I want to give a weird, awkward shout out to Hillary Ivory. Thank you for pledging $5 a month to keep this show going. Thank you, thank you. You have certainly tickled my ivories when I saw your pledge come in. Thank you so much for your pledge. And for your pledge, you get the show one day early, completely ad-free, over on our very special Patreon feed. So thank you for your pledge. If you want to pledge to the show, of course, you know to go to patreon.com disabilityafterdark. So it is the end of Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month. This is the last Saturday of the month, which means... Just a reminder that if you know somebody with cerebral palsy and you are not disabled yourself, you are obligated to give them $300. I don't make the rules, you just have to give us $300. So if you're not disabled, get out your checkbooks, because you owe somebody with CP $300. Of course, I'm kidding, but I'm really excited to celebrate this last Saturday of Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month by bringing on another special guest with cerebral palsy. Let me tell you all about them right now. Today on the show, I feel extra special because I get to sit down with another famous Ryan with cerebral palsy. And I am excited to introduce you to my friend, playwright and actor, Ryan Haddad. We sit down, um, we got to speak this past week, and we sit down and we talk about his experience writing and producing a play called Hi, Are You Single? All about his experience being queer with cerebral palsy. And we talk about his play, why it's important, why it's important to see disabled people on stage. We talk about queerness. We talk about disability. We talk about... Um, So many different things here. It was really, really cool. His play is going to be live at the Woolly Mammoth Theater in Washington, D.C. from March 28th until April 10th. So if you're listening or you want to take a trip to D.C. to see some awesome theater, Hi Are You Single is an amazing and important piece of theater that talks about queerness sexuality, and disability, and when the fuck do we ever see that stuff on stage? So I am so excited to talk with him. Ryan Haddad is fabulous. He also has starred on the Netflix series The Politician. Um, So like I can't believe that I got to speak with two Ryans who have been on Netflix television shows. Ryan O'Connell for Special, and now Ryan Haddad for The Politician, and his play Hi, Are You Single?, But on top of that, we talk about his experiences of cerebral palsy, his experiences of ableism, his experiences of his sexuality, so many things here. But I really urge you that if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, to go and see this play. So, without further ado, here's my interview with my friend, Ryan J. Haddad, right now on Disability After Dark. Ryan Haddad hello hello how hello, are you, Andrew? darling friend of mine how are you I'm good I'm so happy to be with you today I'm so excited to have you on the show I you and I we have talked before but we mm-hmm. haven't sat down like this for years now so I'm so happy we're finally fucking doing it and we're doing it because of all the cool things you're doing and I'm so excited to talk about what you're doing but for anyone who doesn't know who Ryan Haddad is Can you introduce yourself to us?
2: Sure, I am an actor and playwright. Uh, I am mostly known for two things as as of this moment, my play, Hi, Are You Single?, which I have done around the country for the past seven years and is about to have its world premiere production live at Woolly Mammoth Theater Company in Washington, DC. Um, which feels weird to say about a play that I've been doing for seven years. And, and, and I also um, was on a show called The Politician as a character named Andrew, who was uh, bitchy and angsty person with cerebral palsy I wanted to say high school senior but then he got older in the second season so he wasn't in high school anymore well you
1: know the descriptor of bitching angsty sounds like the real me so with Andrew uh, yes
2: yes yes. oh my gosh Mm -hmm. um so those are the two things that most people know me for but I I have several plays in development you know aiming for productions in the next several seasons and also I'm currently uh, filming another television series and excited about that. Look at you, that.
1: famous, famous. Well, well I,
2: as I would, I, 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 you're profoundly more famous within the disability. No, category. no, whatever. You I are, whatever. I you know. are. You have those followers, baby. You have those followers. I mean, and- I don't have, I, <laughs>
1: listen, I don't have a Netflix show.
2: I would go on a Netflix show.
1: But People will see more of me soon enough. Um, <laughs> I'm excited
2: <laughs> about I'm excited about I hope you well, I'm sure you'll tell me. I, I can tell, tell you, me.
1: I can tell you when we when we press the out button. I'll tell you. Uh, or, right. um, but we're here to talk about your play, Hire a mm. Single, which is really, really important because it talks about sex, disability, queerness, all those things. And it's you on stage for an hour just kind of sharing stories is the character of Ryan. And I'm, so I, I have worked in, I've worked in theater a little bit. I've, I'm creating plays around the same thing, disability and queerness in Toronto. So I'd love mm. to hear the kind of the impetus of why did you want to, why did you want to write this play? Why did you want to make this happen? And what was the inspiration to bring this
2: to this age? Well, I, I, I started it while I was in college. I started developing it in college and I, I, really, at that point in time, we're talking, you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15, I had never seen disability authentically portrayed on screen in a sexually, uh, on screen or stage, but screen is sometimes more accessible to people because theater is not always the most accessible uh, platform. And
0: yeah. So I had I- never
2: seen a disabled person in media. I'll just say across across mediums, uh, in a sexual context, in a sexual or romantic context, in a way that was empowering, in a way that was real and a messy. And also not like, oh, isn't it so nice? They have a boyfriend, they have a girlfriend. Someone took them to prom. Isn't it inspiring? (laughs) Yeah, right? Like I I had never, and you know that when they take, when they do those stories and the person takes them to prom, like they get their moment in the spotlight and then they leave and they leave the disabled person on their own and aren't really invested in them as, as a human being. So I wanted to show that. I mean, that was the very beginning and one of the first scenes created is the opening of Hire You Single where I am, you know, pants down, shirt off, uh, rubbing, my, rubbing my crotch in a moment of sensual intimacy or manufactured intimacy with a stranger on FaceTime. Uh, though, as I just said in rehearsal today to the, to the team, it, back in 2011, it was not FaceTime, it was Skype. Thank you very much. Um, oh, wow. And so back in the day, but, um, and so that was it. It was the first part was like, I want to show myself, but by extension disabled people in a sexy uh, light and a way that shows that we want sex. Many of us want sex, uh, not all. And I've yeah. learned along the way that I can't say all oh, because it's not true.
1: I learned uh, that too. I learned it the hard way. We, but but then yeah.
2: many of us, but the many of us do. And also, I think that people don't want to have sex with us because they've never seen that you can have sex with us and enjoy yeah. it and be, it'll be fabulous and hot um, and fun. Number two was, uh, you know, I started going to gay bars when I was 21 and it was just like I felt like an alien walking into these spaces that were supposed to be for me, I thought. And I was basically, you know, told in no uncertain terms through people's looks or actions or words or the oh, lack, lack of, of, words, lack, of or yeah. lack of words, lack of words, you know, just like not wanting to speak to me at all, that I wasn't welcome in this space. Um, And so that was number two. And then number three, of course, is that, you know as I got older and as I got closer, honestly, closer to performing the play for the first time, uh, I started, I had this string of experiences where I was the one doing the rejection. Uh, And, you know, then the play couldn't really come together as a whole piece. Unless I was willing to look in the mirror and say, hey, kid, you're just as much of an asshole as as some of those the guys. Rest at the of bar. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so that's that was that's there. It, the, there, was, there were three different points of entry that all came at different parts of my growth as journey as a young ish adult uh, who was trying to find his way
1: yeah i mean and i'm gonna back up quickly if you're just tuning in and and we because ryan and i know each other but we both have CP. that's Mm -hmm.
2: oh uh, my god i didn't say it (laughs) i'm disabled i have cerebral palsy um i walk with a walker i wear afo uh leg braces
1: i used to wear afos they were the bane of my existence
2: (laughs) so many people so many people have told me that they just have gotten they got rid of them and they hated them and to me, you know, I, I can't imagine not wearing them because of they actually work. For me, they yeah, make me yeah. feel more stable. And when I don't have them on, you know, I can walk around my apartment without them. But I can't, you know, I very rarely will I leave my apartment door without putting them on.
1: Yeah, I stopped wearing them because I was going to be like, I don't need to wear them anymore. I'm an adult and now that I'm like 30. 38 now. I'm like, oh, I wish I had not done that. Like, I wish I had just kept wearing them because they're great. Um, And they're, you know, I wish I had just been less of an asshole to myself and just worn the AFOs. Um, But I love seeing them on. I love seeing them in the play. I love seeing them on you in the play Um, because, again, we we don't see these kind of um, these these mobility aids on screen ever or Mm -hmm. on stage rather. Um, And I think You know, the very first scene where you come out and you are rubbing your junk and talking to that guy and trying to get excited. I love that because I was like, oh, wow, he's going right in to the reality of trying to hook up when you're disabled. And this is what we go through and this is what it looks like. And I love seeing that right away because we never fucking see that.
2: Well, and that's also why it's at the beginning, because if I if I waited 10 minutes to show them that they wouldn't understand that that was the shared vocabulary that the audience had to accept that this is a horny guy who wants to get off, but also clearly, as you learn in the play, I don't just want to get off. I want a, a romance. I want love. Uh, and if they, you know, if I came out in a sweater <laughs> and, <laughs> and told a nice story and then took off my pants, they would, they would be confused. So yeah. I, so I give it to them right away and say, basically you can't, you know, this is what you're in for. This is, this is the play. Yeah. Um, and this is real life and this is real life too.
1: And I mean, you be, like seeing that right away tells the audience exactly what they're getting. They're not going to mm-hmm. get some like pimby pimby story about this disabled person that like overcomes and is and has mm. a big moment where they like accept their disability or they overcome
2: their disability. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> i hate it well, I, know. Again,
2: I, I look i know i know everybody has a different experience everybody has a different experience but i can't even if you had to ask me like when did i come to accept my disability it was like what like to me for my personal life that was never even an option to not accept it like yeah the, the acceptance had to happen before i was even conscious because mm. because I've just gone around and been like, this is it, this is me. Now, look, when I was five and six years old and somebody asked me like, what's wrong with you? I I would be, I would get nervous and yeah. I wouldn't know what to say or how to say it. But to me, that wasn't like not accepting my disability. That was just sort of like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this stranger yeah, that yeah. is asking me as a child. It was usually another child asking the question in a way that isn't kind or No, because they're five. What do they yeah. know? They're five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but, but I, you know, and those stories get told and some people watch those stories and they, th- to them, that is their representation because that's their life. But that's not the story of disability that I'm interested in telling.
1: No, you, you can tell from the very first scene in the play that we were going to get in some heavy shit here and like Mm -hmm. i like that you the character that you play of you which i'm Mm -hmm. sure is just an extended version of you but i i like that
2: i I appreciate you saying it i appreciate you saying the character of ryan uh because i have several plays all of which feature the character of ryan at different points in his life and it's just easier for me as the actor to access well he's saying this and and he's doing that and now i would do this but I'm not I'm not him anymore. Like yeah. it's, a di- it's a different... it's,
1: yeah, it's a, a different, different
2: headspace to go de- like, yeah. to yeah. and I'll
1: I'll talk later about the play that I'm working on. I have a character of Andrew that is me, but it's a mm-hmm. really heightened version of me. And even when I do this this show, like it's me, but it's a really on version of me. And so what I love about your character is that he's bitchy, he's funny, he's mm-hmm. pithy, like he knows how to make the, the audience laugh, but also think about stuff, but also like I like the. I really like the character, um, and I think the first scene was just like I was immediate. I, I kind of knew what I was getting, but I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, oh wow, this is important to see that in the first scene. Your character um, is kind of kind of rejected because of ableism and because of their of his disability a little bit. Yeah, and oh, I wanted, sure. I wanted to kind of just chat about. Can you? Talk about some of your experiences as a queer person being on the apps, trying to navigate that and having ableism
2: thrown back at you. Sure. There's a whole gamut of it. Like there's a whole, I've gone from just, you know, being ignored or being ghosted um, to somebody saying they were into me, but then beating around the bush and never wanting to ever meet up. Uh, yep. And not giving any reasons that were substantial or real, and then there have been once in a blue moon, and I can't even quote them to you. Like I, they were so traumatic that I have like blocked them out. That is, you know, just. And I think one of the biggest ones was like OK Cupid, which is not what is not the app where I would have expected this to happen. Yeah, the, web, the website at that time, where it's just a diatribe of horrible ignorance and horrible inflammatory language. And, you know, totally, um, I won't even say ableist, but just bigoted and awful and mean uh, because of my disability for no other reason than that. And when that happens, like, sometimes you're like, should I engage with this person? Should I try to
1: teach Teach them, them, teach them
2: out of this? Or is it like, this is so bad that I, for the sake of my own mental health have to walk away. Like there's, there's, there's no, there's no, I won't benefit. I won't at all from, from this experience. So it, you know, those are sort of the three things. A few times it's been like, I'm not into you because you're disabled. Okay. You know, that's a sentence that is hurtful and hurt me a lot at the time but at least then I know at least then I don't have to continue to waste my time on that person yeah Um, but it's these it's happened like a two or three times where the 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 messages have just been so mean and it's like well you obviously this person on the other end you're in a damaged place and like what you're doing and saying has nothing to do with me and you're just uh you're you're hurting in in your own way. Yeah. And uh and I can't help you. And I can't help moments. you and I have no
1: I have no obligation to sit here and let you be rude to me because you're like yeah. 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 And I think yeah. it's, I think it can be really, really hurtful. Um but it's hard in those moments too because like you're like I wanted to get off like you did and I want mm-hmm. like I, I want that connection so sexual or otherwise like you did. And I have to deal with all this extra bullshit that you don't have to deal with like, that's right. It can be exhausting and so to yeah. see that on to see that on stage and to see you like make that part of it, I think was important for people to see.
2: Have you ever had like you know you don't respond to somebody right away, not because you're ignoring them, but because you just haven't opened the app, and then they double down and they're like offended that how dare you not respond to me? Oh you- yeah you disabled, you know, cripple or whatever. they yeah. saying. you being
1: like you, why wouldn't you talk to me? You should be lucky, like, when you said in the play, when you said...
2: Uh, oh, you'd be lucky to take like whatever you can get. It,
1: yeah, I get that shit all the time, and it's like, well, fuck you. Like,
2: no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't. Not at all. Um,
1: but, I mean, again, to see that on stage, and there's a point in my play where we do the same thing, and we show, like, a screenshots of a, a grinder, Hook up and people saying rude things. And like, mm. I think this stuff is really valuable because this is how a lot of us with disabilities access these spaces. Mm. And to mm-hmm. see that on screen for an audience to see that is like, oh, I didn't realize people were such dicks. Like, wow.
2: And then maybe like, have I ever been a J? <laughs> like that that's part of it. Sometimes there's distance and sometimes they go, Well, I would never. But then you, if you really think about it, maybe you have, and maybe you have in ways that aren't the exact same. But oh,
1: like, I a hundred percent, I can't think of an exact moment, but I'm sure there are moments where somebody was like, Hey, I think you're really cute. Can we talk? And I've been like, no, I don't think so. So just whatever. Like, so yeah, I'm certainly not immune to it. And I'm not above it, but it, like, I Oh, think- I didn't
2: mean, I didn't even mean you, you, but like, yes, Totally. I agree. Like we, I've done it, I've done it. I do it often. I think yeah. it's, It's. I think it's, and it's not nice, but it is sort of the culture of these apps. Um, yeah. Thanks Gruff,
1: thanks Grinder.
2: I know, I know. Oh. Um, so, but I also think what you're saying is interesting because we access the, we access representation through the media. We access connection through these apps probably because a lot of the spaces that are built for gay people, queer people, LGBTQ people, you know, don't have architecture in mind that, yeah. that, that allows us to be present in those spaces.
1: Exactly. And I wanted to lead into that. In the play, you talk a lot about the inaccessibility of queer spaces in New York. You talk mm-hmm. about your friends having to carry you up the stairs. You talk mm. about like just the inaccessibility of all these places of being kind of stuck in the corner where nobody would talk to you and having to like, one of the things you say in the play that made me laugh out loud when I watched it again yesterday was like how you have to parade. So you go around, you, you, oh, yeah. go, can, you can you describe what parading
2: is? Parading first? is where, I'm just going to do the line. Yeah. <laughs> parading is where you break away from the group and sort of strut around the bar by yourself. And you do that because like, otherwise, If people see you with your friends, they're like, oh, well, he's taken care of. He's got his people. And it's like, well, these people didn't come here to fuck me or kiss me or any of that. So you you separate yourself and you like kind of I call it parading, but it's like prowling a little bit. And you're trying to make eyes with people. You're trying to say, oh, does somebody is somebody going to notice me? And if they do, are they going to talk to me? um and you know it doesn't always work it actually almost never works but, I know I do
1: the same thing and it never works but you got to try anyway
2: but one time like I ended up making out with someone so yes you do have to try on you I mean, you do have to try anywhere um and you know and then there's you know or a bar is too small for my mobility device or uh it's a staircase or the there's, you know, there's a main floor, but then there's an upstairs and the upstairs is where the fun happens. And then how do you access that? And it's really, I mean, I mean, I'm going to be really honest and say that I have gone to probably two whole gay bars since the pandemic, because like, I couldn't think of a like more, scary place in terms of covid COVID spread oh my god Um, for sure but but you know i i think i went in like early february um i went to one at 5 p.m and one at 10 p.m and then you know they were fine they were fine they're fine i just don't always feel them to be I don't always feel welcome in those spaces. Yeah,
1: I feel the same way as you. They're fine and it's okay. And even though sometimes I can get my chair in, I still don't feel like I deserve to be there. And I still don't feel like anyone's going to talk to me. And I feel like we need to look at accessibility in these spaces as more than just can we get a wheelchair user in mm. we need to look at or a, a mobility user in. Can we, is it emotionally accessible? Do the guys mm. give a shit? Do mm-hmm. they care? Like, mm-hmm. so how do you think that we can make, like, cause in, in the play, Ryan also talks about queer spaces being safe spaces for us. How do you think we make um, queer spaces
2: accessible for us? I mean, I think it's, I as you say, it, it could have as many, it could have, it could have 50 ramps and 2,700 elevators and be <laughs> oh, an accessible castle and yet still feel uh, like we don't belong there. Yeah. And you said the word deserve to be there. I think I deserve to be everywhere. Like, I think I'm really fabulous. And when people don't see that... I mean, you are, fabulous. That, you are fabulous. When, pe- when people don't see that, I'm... It's hurtful, but it's also like, oh my god, like something's wrong with them. Like they don't see how how great I am. How could they possibly not recognize that I'm brilliant? Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and that sounds super conceited and super like, you know. No, awful. but it's not. It's maybe... awful, but it's also like that's how I protect myself. I have yeah. to protect myself because I know what I'm worth. And sometimes, you know. I had, um, I had a colleague say to me recently, and it was a really powerful moment of where he said, you know, Ryan, I think you're a really beautiful person. I think you're a very attractive person. But. But I don't think you think that about yourself, he said. And I had a moment of, oh my, oh my, oh, oh. and. I thought about it, and we were talking, and I was honest, and I said, "Look, I can look in the mirror and say I'm hot, I'm sexy, I know I'm, I know I'm attractive. This outfit looks good on me. Today I look great. Like I can say that intellectually, but when it comes down to deep down the feeling inside, yes, of course there are moments when I don't believe that about myself. Yes, of course there are moments when I, 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 I think it's shocking that." Um, uh, an attractive man could find me attractive, or that they would say that I was beautiful. And as empowered as I am in disability um, culture, and then and, and as confident as I am in so many areas of my life, even on even I think it was it was two nights ago on Scruff. I said I'm really flat I said to somebody I'm really flattered that you responded. This is not me in the play which I wrote 7 years ago. This is me at 30 years old 2 days ago. And I said I'm really flattered that you responded and he wrote back you're a cute guy why wouldn't I respond. And it was that moment of that was me that was yeah. me underselling myself.
1: Well, I mean, not- I it's we've been taught to undersell that we've been taught to hide we've and we don't often hear that from other people like I can look in the mirror and go yeah I'm fucking hot like yeah I'm fuckable yeah yeah yeah. but like we I don't hear other gay men telling me that ever like mm-hmm. and so and I still don't often hear it when I and when, even when I do I'm like I don't believe you what where's, where's mm-hmm. the con why are you lying mm-hmm. that's, that's it that's really? it
2: that's it when you do hear it it's I don't believe you and look the work that you do with your portrait series um, is, I mean, I say series, there are several now of of yours, but you know, when you post those erotic images, like that is so, that's exactly what we need. That's, that's, we, we've got, we have to show them that, that yeah. we are, that we are attractive and that we know that about ourselves. Um, Because when you ask the question now, I don't know, 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago about how could we make it's about, I think, and it sounds so boring and who wants to do this, but it's about education. It's about education and educating on sexiness, educating on attractiveness, educating on who, like what. One is allowed to find attractive. I think that there are people who don't even know that they're allowed to be attracted to disabled people because they don't think disabled people want, want to be seen that to way to receive that kind of attention yeah. or crave that kind of attention. Um, and and I think the more imagery we have, the more media we have, the more stories we have, um, visual art. Um, uh, you know, podcasts, podcast, podcast, porn, porn, sure. Like porn. Look, I mean, I, do, I, I you, I've been doing it and bravo, 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 bravo. I don't think I've Have you seen so,
1: it yet. Have you seen, I, I should send it to you.
2: <laughs> I don't think I've seen like the films, but I know that that's what you've been doing and I've seen like the stills from it, of course. And I think that, you know, I'm not there. I'm not there yet that I, or yet, or maybe ever that, that like, I want that to do that um, for my, for myself, but I think it's necessary. I think it's absolutely, absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, Now, you know, I have a question. Mm, I have a question. I'm ready. Like I, what, Hmm. How do you navigate, because when, when I think of Andrew Strang in a porn film, and then I think broadly about we need more disabled porn stars, yeah. I, then, I then think of the category or the tag on, you know, Pornhub or Xtube or X videos or any of those things yeah, yeah. that would then become, you know, it's, you know, five years from now, we have a library of disability porn, the, the, the label of disability, and then the people who click on that label, like, I want them to find us as sexy, but I personally, am not like excited by like being fetishized.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, so I get it.
2: How do you, you know, that's a very fine line I,
1: um, I, for me i let people fetishize me go ahead because i know that someone else is going to see that and go oh this is a version of me or oh this is making me look at things differently like i think you have mm-hmm. to let them fetishize you and not worry about that and look at the yeah. bigger like look at the bigger picture the bigger picture is i did this it was artistic it was fun it was hot i got to make out with my friend and fuck around for an hour but yeah. I also know that someone's gonna look at that and go, oh, I've never seen this before. Like, wow, good. So I say, go ahead and fetishize me. Go ahead. Like, I don't, ha- I don't have to
2: yeah. participate yeah, yeah, yeah. in
1: that if I don't want to.
2: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And also, the person who's saying, wow, I've never seen that before. This is awesome is not necessarily somebody who is fetishizing. Yeah. It's just somebody who is discovering. It's somebody who's discovering. Um, and then there's that small percentage of people who would fetishize, and sometimes those people can have great relationships. I just don't want, you know, there are that to be the
1: like, only way we look at it.
2: Absolutely, because there are these moments of like, oh, can I like, hmm, I'm just making this up. I don't think anybody's ever said this to me verbatim, but it's like, can I put your braces on for you? And I'm just like. <laughs>
1: I mean, would that be hot? Could that be
2: hot? I don't know. I don't know. I've had people, I've asked them to help me take them off. But there, are, there have been people on apps who are like excited about, like excited in a way that becomes creepy. Excited yeah. in a way that isn't about me. That is yeah. purely because I have a walker or, yeah, wear, yeah. or wear braces. And that is the part that I'm just like, woo, nine one (laughs) one. Yeah, yeah, no, Um, no, no. But maybe that works for some people, especially like you know, we've got to find pleasure in every way that we can access it. And um, I'm just acknowledging my own sort of discomfort in certain with certain individuals who would only be interested in me because of the disability.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that can be a hard line to that can be a hard line to, to walk and to have to deal with because like I think that some devotees are great. I think that some people that are into that are, it's awesome. But I think when you dehumanize the person, it's not sexy anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like doesn't turn me on. I will talk about my big fucking joystick all day and how great it is and how you should all ride it, blah blah blah. But the minute I'm not a part of that conversation anymore and it's all about my wheelchair or my, my disability. then i don't want to be there anymore
2: yeah yeah totally.
1: yeah so i get it um one of the parts in the play that i I love so much you talk about an experience with geronimo at a a bar called therapy and i (laughs) was wondering first of all i was wondering did this actually happen to you of course okay good so can (laughs) can you tell me all about can you like share that experience with geronimo at the bar
2: Yes, I was in New York for a week and I was having a really rough time of it because I was 21. These are my first times in gay bars. The first times ever in gay bars were in in Hell's Kitchen in New York, which Hell's Kitchen is, I now live there, um, which is interesting to say. Um, But as a 21 year old in 2013 though the vibe of those bars was the the farthest thing from welcoming you know what i mean yeah um it was just really i was having a rough time and i was like maybe i should never go into gay bar again but i i went in because a fabulous drag queen named sherry vine told me to come back i went back and she said i'm gonna get you on stage honey and I thought I was gonna sing a song. And instead of singing a song, I got a lap dance from a muscle go go boy whose name is Geronimo, who is extremely sweet um, or was to me in this moment. I don't know him um, at all, but in this moment, he was very tender and uh, caring and careful and yet extremely. Extremely uh, sexual in his performance of this lap dance, which ended in me wrapped around his waist with my legs and him gyrating into me through his through his g string, you know. Yeah. And this was a the sexiest I'd ever felt in my entire life. B was completely fake. Like, he was a paid go-go dancer. A performer. And it was, and Sherry Vine said, like, this is who you will be giving a lap dance to. And he knew how to do his job. And there was a moment in the middle of it where I was sort of like, "Ah, ah, ah," you know, giving, giving out a little bit. And he said, keep going. And I knew that it was not just a one-sided performance that I also had to perform yeah. the sexuality of the moment to make it believable to the room.
1: Yeah.
2: And it worked because after I came off stage, I ended up making out with a, a hunky Geronimo? gay Geronimo? No, 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 Geronimo was straight. And that's, that's, that's the point of when I say that it was a fake moment. He is straight, like he is a straight man who you know was a performer, he was doing his job and his job was to make me a sex object. And because he did that, I mean, this is truly the thesis of my whole play. Because he did that, everyone in the room suddenly saw that I was a sexually viable person and wanted to grind up on me and dance with me wanted to make out with me in front of their husband. Somebody made out with me. And I said, are you single? And he said, this is my husband. And I made out with his (laughs) husband too. (laughs) And this all happened because Geronimo gave me a lap dance because he like performed my sexuality in front of people. And it made them realize that I was sexy.
1: Do you feel sometimes like your and you mentioned performing sexuality and I feel like I have to do this all the time in what I do and it's exhausting sometimes and I don't want to perform sexuality and sometimes I want to just be sexual do you feel as a disabled queer person that you have to perform it that you have to be hypersexual to get people to notice you?
2: Yeah, I mean sometimes definitely yes um, and then sometimes I'm like oh maybe this isn't great like maybe maybe it's not you know consent is a, a very legitimate and real and valid thing yeah and sometimes you know if you're aiming to be hypo, hypersexual just to get noticed but somebody isn't ready to receive your hypersexuality yeah like we have to interrogate that within ourselves we definitely. Oh, totally. I definitely lead with sex because I think otherwise people won't um, know that is possible with me. But then I have to really examine, like, hmm, did I need to send that shirtless picture? Hmm, I don't know. <laughs>
1: like, did, I, did I need to unlock my picture without asking? If I should, like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So. And I've that's come with sort of adulthood. I think when I was 21, 22, 23, I was just so horny and so, oh my God, please, 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 please want me. And now I'm in a more, I think, more secure place. A more, you know, proud of the intersection of my sexuality and disability still very insecure in many areas of that. Oh, but, me
1: too, me too. Like, fucking but, hell, I did the porn. I'm still so shy as fuck. And like, do you like me? And am I good enough? And I'm not like the other guys. Even though I've done porn, I put myself out there and I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm also like, oh no, am I good enough?
2: I mean, even it's it's that, but it's also like I... I'm ne- I'm nev- I've am I'm never never been somebody who wants to go straight to penetration, ever. Yeah, me neither. Still, still. So when men want to come over and they only want to fuck, or they want to fuck within the first 10 minutes, and they don't want to get to know me, and I'm not even saying, like, I will acknowledge if something is a hookup. You know, it's a hookup, great. But in a hookup scenario, I... Very rarely, I'm gonna want to penetrate. Just I'm not. It's. I think that that's extremely intimate, and I want. I want it to be meaningful and with somebody that I know cares about me. It doesn't always have to be a like a truly a lover or boyfriend or a relationship, but I need it to be somebody who I know. Is in it because I'm of the person that I am, and not just like we're gonna a body do this and then I, I'm here as a body, and then I'm never gonna see you.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Not,
2: that's not interesting to me. I, I,
1: feel, I feel the way that same way about bottoming. I've never bottomed for anyone, partially because of disability, partially because I haven't met anybody that I gave a shit and I'm about to try that with, mm. partially because of ableism, all the things, and like I mm. feel similar to you of like I want to bottom it's my dream to be brailed by a bunch of dudes, but also like, I want to know them and I want to trust them. And I want to know that if I do that, they're not, I'm not going to be some like, I'm going to be really graphic here. I'm not going to be some cum dump for them and then they're going to disappear.
2: Yeah, that's right. Or that like, we have a moment of, of, you know, profound, <laughs> disability-ness in the middle of a sexual moment and that, you know, could make us a little embarrassed or a little insecure. And I wanna be able to know that that person is not gonna walk away, that that person's not gonna back away or become unaroused or, you know, blame me because I lost my balance and I couldn't keep my erection or, you um, or making me feel unsexy because I can't do a certain position or um, I can't, you know, keep my legs in so stretched out for so long or whatever, whatever it is. And so I think that it's so intimate that like, I just want to know that they give a shit about me.
1: Yeah. I couldn't, I totally agree with you. I'm hundred percent there with you. And I hook up with, I hook up with a lot of sex workers for, to have my needs met and i i I think sex work is great but like i cannot wait to actually have sex with somebody who's like i want to fuck you because i want to be here Mm. like Mm -hmm. i want to spend time with you because and you didn't just spend money on me like i want to be here because i want to be here yeah like i'm so excited for that because i don't know if i'll ever get that but it's a dream
2: i talk about uh special ryan's ryan o'connell's special and his that first sex scene which is with a sex worker um and i know what it made me feel watching it and i say that in the play and uh i mean it was just wow this is happening on netflix oh my god oh my yeah, god oh my i'm seeing
1: it the same thing i was like what oh my god
2: oh my god and like i like knew what the show was going to be about so i like was as you've said about my play, you know you were sort of anticipating it and yet when you do see it when you finally see it it's like, oh my god, this is what I've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for And since special you know now we have Jillian on the L word and we have uh, we have sex education and there there, there are lots of um, and of course they're doing queer as folk, which I know you Ryan is on and you've consulted on and there are other people I- involved. Yeah. Like it's, it's. we're getting, we're finally getting something. We're finally getting something in terms yeah. of in the, in the way of, of not just representation, but sexual representation. And I think it's so important and so powerful. And the oh, more yeah. visibility that we get, um, the more I think it'll be, likely that you're going to find somebody who wants to fuck you for you and isn't uh is there because they want to be there you know but isn't it
1: it's i think it's hard for us too because we're in our 30s and like Mm. we're wanting stuff that people got when they were 17 18 Mm. like and Mm -hmm. for me that's for me that's really frustrating to have to go through this like second adolescence because when i was 17 17 18 i was more concerned with spinal fusion surgeries and hip surgeries mm. than I was with like, who's gonna blow me today? Like, you know, totally. and so I'm both excited that I get to do that for the first time at 38, but also like annoyed that I have to deal with this at 38.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think people talk a lot about a sex- second adolescence, not only for disability, but also being gay, you know, because some people take a long time to accept who they are and to come out. And so to have that intersect of the experiences that my brothers had when they were teenagers, um, and I'm not not talking about sex, but I'm just talking about having someone who Dating
1: and girlfriends and Who
2: wants to date you, who wants to go to a movie and hold your hand. Like God, like when somebody holds my hand. Do that, I still haven't
1: done that in my whole, in life. I haven't gone to a movie with a boy who was like Do you want, can I hold your hand.
2: I I I I think I've only done it like two or three times. But but I it's it's those moments of like we're watching a movie and we're holding hands now. Suddenly that's more intimate. It feels way more yeah. intimate than even fucking. Even yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like oh you don't even you just want to sit next to me
1: and right. well yeah and that feels yeah. almost scarier than like i'll blow you in the bathroom and we were talking a minute ago but like hypersexuality like when somebody wants to just hold my hand i'm always like well you don't want me to like show you that i'm viable sexually right now what what do you what what do you mean like and they're like no i just want to spend time with you like it's okay to be slow and so like that's and that's
2: great that's yeah, great.
1: yeah. Yes. and th- that's what i want i want to build up i want to be like i want the butterflies i want the coffee dates i want the woo a little bit mm. the woo uh, oh. I, wa- I want i want the woo you want to be wooed yes. I-,
2: yes
1: I deserve to be fucking wooed
2: um and so do you <laughs> so that's cute. the title of the episode i deserve to be fucking
1: wooed yeah there it is right there um Uh, So in the show, I love that you have audience participation and I love you like actively include them in what you're doing um, Mm -hmm. because I think it's important that we bring, we break that fourth wall and bring the audience into this experience. How did it feel for you to, or how do you think that a non-disabled and disabled audience alike will feel about the content of the show?
2: I mean, I think it hits them in a different way. You watching yeah. it and responding to the things that you're responding to is because you have lived an ex- the experience or an experience close to my experience. And for non-disabled people, I think it's, um, it's, it's eye-opening and it's, it's shocking at times and enlightening and funny and moving. And I think it's still true. Those things are still true if you're disabled but I think if you're disabled, you're coming in and you're getting it on a different level than the non-disabled people are. Yeah, because yeah. the non-disabled people have probably never seen this, or if they have, they've only seen it in a limited capacity. Yeah, you know. Um, uh. And I watch people. I certainly don't set out to make people cry. Like
1: I, I cried yesterday watching it again. Oh. I was tearing up like at least
2: twice. I was like, oh my god. But I watched that happen live. I watched people cry and, but none of the moments, I have moments in certain plays of mine where I'm like, and now they cry. Like, I know, I, I know that in the writing of it, like this is supposed to elicit this emotion. Uh, Hi, are you single? I never, that was never my intention in, in, in the writing. But it's better, I think, to make people cry organically than it is to try to make them cry at a certain yeah, moment. But yeah. that's always a surprise to me because somebody will, somebody will be crying over here and some people crying over there in a different part of the play. Um, and I was tearing
1: up when you put your shirt back on after he had rejected mm. you in the first two minutes because I was like, I know from the look on his face, you didn't say anything and you didn't, the guy didn't say I'm leaving now. You just said, okay, maybe another time. Sure. Like, and so I knew immediately and the whole audience knew, but I knew from a place of disability of like, oh, I know what this character is feeling right now. He's trying to be cool. He's trying to be okay with it. He's being rejected. But inside he's like, fucking
2: hell. Like, Mm -hmm. fuck. Mm -hmm. Thank you for seeing the look on my face. And that is called acting. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I think that it it they respond differently, but I do think that the show is for both disabled and non-disabled. Oh people. yeah. Um, and there's a there's a sequel too. There's a companion play that has not been produced yet, but it will be produced in the coming years, called Hold Me in the Water, which is uh. It's definitely also for both audiences, both kinds of audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need it, a
1: wheelchair-using character, cause they're no, never it's out. A,
2: no, it's no, it's it's another one. It's just me. <laughs> it's just me again. Um, it's but it's they they talk to each other these two plays, um, and you know it's sort of it's a romantic. It's a love story. It's a romantic comedy. It sweeps you away. It is about being wooed, and then what happens, you know? Uh, and how do you do from inside a relationship uh, or a budding, blossoming situation that you hope is going to turn into a relationship? How do you navigate uh, being disabled at the center of a love story? Uh, and I don't want to give it away. Um, but the ending, the ending is really a moment where the audience, the non-disabled is asked to examine themselves. Good. Uh, and, and asked to examine their relationship to the story that I just told and, Good. And, 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 and is not let off the hook. And, uh, you know, So the goal is that both of these plays will be performed uh, together. One night I do hire you single, one night I do hold me in the water, one night I do hire you single, one night I do hold me in the water. And when you take them both together um, and you see this young person who's trying to find something, and then you see an older person who thinks he has found it. Uh, But of course, you know nothing is as it seems. Uh, And then you have to, Ask yourself, what is my relationship to this story? Am I an audience member who is rooting for Ryan on the outside? Or am I willing to consider that I could put myself in this story? Meaning, am I re- is it really possible? I'm I am giving it a little bit of it away, but is it like I don't want the audience to just sit there in both cases. So I'm talking about back to talking about hiring a single now. I yeah. don't want the audience to just sit there and go, God, I hope he finds a boyfriend. I want the audience to sit there, you know, especially the men in the audience to go, God, well, could I be his boyfriend? Wow. Not that I'm not, I'm not, and I'm, not I'm not, I didn't make this show to get a boyfriend. I don't. Spend, Come on. Tell the no, truth. no, 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 no. No, I didn't. I mean, I I I made the show to tell a story about why no, no, be, no, of course, of course, why of course. it might be why it might be difficult and why I maybe don't have a boyfriend yet. Yes. You know. Um so I but I'm not sitting there night after night watching the audience going, oh, it could be him, it could be him, it could be him, it could be him. Like that's not happening. But I would like you to sit there and wonder, particularly if you're a non-disabled person, could I? is do I have the capacity, am I open enough and willing enough to even consider the possibility of love with someone who is disabled?
1: Deep shit. And then the play that I'm working on called Access Me, which I've also, you mentioned even you've been, you know, been tooling this and working on this for about seven years now. I too have been working on my show for seven years. I'm um, mm. in, in toronto and if you ever get up here like come oh see i it.
2: want to come i want to come we just got to get out of this pandemic but I, know. I
1: know um and so in our play we talk about ableism we talk about um queerness discrimination other than your two other than hire you single and hold me in the water what other kinds of queer disabled representation do you want to
2: see on stage Oh, I mean, not not, uh, certainly more than those two plays, because I want more kinds of people telling those stories. I mean, you're you just said you need a wheelchair user and hold me in the water. And I don't because I'm the only actor and hold me in the water. But like, I, you know, I want to see all kinds of mobility devices. I want to see the whole spectrum of disability that doesn't just include physical uh, mobility, but also the invisible disabilities that are not discernible to the naked eye. Yeah. Also saying the naked eye is ableist in some ways because of blind stories and deaf stories and, um, you know, stories of people with autism, stories of people with, uh, cognitive or emotional or social or, you know, um, the 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 word the gamut disability, of disability the gamut is so it's just huge right and there are so many stories and there's so much representation that is needed and there has been so long where we had nothing yeah like no one had anything but I want to see more women I want to see more trans uh, and gender nonconforming stories of disability and I want to see more stories and this is so important of you know more disabled people of color because yeah. uh, it's so white. Really, it, every it's, just, it's so white. It's so white, and I mean I'm sort of this you know Arab American third generation Lebanese kind of off white person. <laughs> um, but 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 even that is not like to some people. Yes, I provide representation, especially Arab American queer people or or Arabic queer people. Um, lots of people from Lebanon were messaging me after the politics and and I'm like, I've never been to actual Lebanon, but like, thank you so much. Thank you, yeah, yeah. But, 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 but like, you know, Black disabled people need to hear their stories and see Mm -hmm. their stories. And so do uh, Latinx and AAPI and like all, there's just so much that has been absent for so yeah.
1: long. Yeah, and pointedly absent, dude. There's so much that we we need to like. We need to remember our privilege in, the, in so many spaces, mm-hmm. and I agree with that's you. That's right. Um, one of the pieces of the play that I loved, and it was It's My Dream, you talked about <laughs> having, <laughs> having a football player in your bed, and I was like, that's my dream. It's my dream now. It's been my dream since I was like 20 to make out and fuck a football player it is my dream and you talk a little bit about being with this guy mm-hmm. and how hot it was but also the character talks about like the internalized ableism you go through as you're with him can you mm-hmm. share a little bit about that
2: yeah and i've all I and mean, i've always known that i had to keep this line but i'm always like oh is it wrong of me to say this line in my empowered space um I know it's, it's one line and I know it is, I know what, Oh no, there's two lines, but one is, uh, lying next to me in bed. He said, God, I love your body. And that was just absurd. Why would anybody love this body?
1: Made me cry.
2: It's in, and it's, you know, there's no, like, of course I know intellectually that that's not a truthful statement question. Yeah. But emotionally, of course, I felt that in that moment and in many moments, you know? And the other one is, um, I didn't think I was enough. I mean, if I couldn't even give him a hand job. Out of context, that's a little lost. But I talk about how, instead of fucking, we try jacking each other off and my hand moves slower than most men. So I, um, I, you know, it's hard for me to pleasure someone else who's used yeah. to going, who's used to going at warp speed. Um,
1: As somebody with hand limitations and problems with masturbating and having lost the ability to jerk myself off recently because of pain in my hands, mm. um, I know how painful that is when you when you're with somebody who's really hot and you want to pleasure them and you're trying so hard to like get that speed and you're trying to do what they what they would normally do, but you just can't. And then to see them. Yeah. To see them switch to doing it themselves, you're kind of like, "Oh, did I fail? Oh no! Mm -hmm. Like I can't do this for you. Mm -hmm. That sucks." Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think that you know when we're both lucky enough to be with someone for a long time, and I believe that it's going to happen. I do for both of us. Um, I think you figure that stuff out together. It's yeah. trial it's trial and error and it and it um th- and that's sort of the fear in those moments when you're just meeting someone and you want to be able to get them off and you want to be able to pleasure them and maybe you didn't do it to the level that you hoped you could. Yeah. Is oh, they're not gonna come back. Yeah. I'm not gonna see them again because I didn't give them what they needed, and so why would they get it from me when they could get it from anyone else?
1: Yeah, yeah. But
2: I I think when somebody commits to you or, or, you know, is in partnership with you or relationship with you, there are lots of different structures of relationships now. And, you know, you don't, monogamy is not a necessity. But when somebody says, I want to embark on something substantial with this person, then you figure out together what pleasures the other person and what you're able to achieve and modify. And I have not had that you know, significant length of experience. And I, I, I know we share that similarity. And um, I look forward to that period of of experimentation without the fear that the person is going to leave
1: yeah and i i couldn't agree more and i haven't reached that point yet with somebody where they wouldn't want to leave unless i'm paying them money like i haven't been with somebody that's like i want to stay let's Mm. keep going haven't Mm -hmm. really been there yet so i hope for both of us that we find that and maybe it'll be with a disabled person for both of us who knows it's like maybe we'll be with disabled boyfriends who get it on a different level um but
2: I yes. I mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe totally. Um, I feel
1: like there was something behind that, maybe.
2: I don't know. It's I I like again, there's a whole giant gamut of disability. Yeah. Right. But when it comes to I think people assume I think people assume that people with mobility disabilities match with people with mobility disabilities yeah and there are disabled people mobility disabled people who i find very attractive and who i have uh, uh who i have engaged with and wanted and desired and yet there's also this level to and i'm going to be honest with you on this podcast and yeah. just say like i've been on dates where I like fall, right? I've yeah. fallen on the ground and it is nothing is more attractive to me than when somebody is able to just scoop me back up and say, are you okay? Great, we are gonna keep going. So I, 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 I do enjoy being, feeling protected in a way that if something happens I can count on this person. Now, I say that for all the reasons that we've talked about ableism, for all the reasons that we've talked about internalized ableism, mm-hmm. and I'm acknowledging that this is part of my own internalized ableism coming yeah, out. Yeah. But, but to not acknowledge it is to be untruthful. So I'm, I'm just, you know, if I fall in the middle of the street, it would be very nice if the person who I am... I'm partnered with was somebody who could help me get up, but I also recognize, as I say to everyone all the time, you can become disabled at any moment. And so the yeah. partner who was able to pick me up off the ground yesterday may, may not, not be, be able to do tomorrow. that tomorrow. Right. Um, well, if and I feel like go... be, and I feel like can be honest with you about that in this of course. venue. You know.
1: Of course, if you and I ever go on a date, know that, I, well, I can't grab pick you up from the floor. I can run over the ableist when they say weird shit to us. That's what I'll do. <laughs> That's Thank what I out offer you. Thank um, you. And then you, can, then you can feel vindicated to know that I'll run them over. Uh, but mm-hmm. I am so excited for people to see, Hire Are You Single? I think it's such an important work. It's necessary. It's long overdue. Um, and I'm so excited that it's here and people can see it and it's out. And you, you've been so honest in making it and you've put so much of yourself there and you've you just buried yourself to an audience as a disabled person for an hour talking about stuff that they never hear. Um, so I was really proud to get to watch it. I was really proud to talk to you today. I'm so excited for people to see it. How co- how can they t- tell all the people how they can uh, can see it now?
2: I- Hi, Are You Single is playing in Washington, D.C. at Woolly Mammoth Theatre Company uh, from March 28th, 2022 to April 10th, 2022. And hopefully in other cities uh, around the country and maybe even internationally uh, in the years. Come
1: to, come. to let's, let's find a way to get you to Toronto. Let's find a way. Okay. Um, I know theatre people in Toronto. Maybe there's a way. But so this is coming out on March 26th, the last Saturday of Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month.
0: Mm. Um,
1: so as somebody with CP, do you have anything you want to say to the other fellow folks, the other queer cripples with CP out there?
2: I think we're fabulous. I think we're sexy. I think that we uh, deserve all of the flowers in the world showered upon us for our brilliance and our uh empowered fabulosity um and i know that sometimes we don't always feel those things (laughs) because of internalized ableism etc etc but um but know that that we are worthy we are uh desirable and we are very very sexy.
1: Damn right. Um so the so anybody who's in DC from March 28th to April 10th, can can you where where do they where do they so is there to buy tickets? Yeah.
2: Woolymammoth.net. W O O L L Y Mammoth M A M M O T H dot net.
1: And seriously, if you're in D C and I know some of you listening are Go and see this show. It's important that we support fucking disabled people talking about things that we never fucking hear. So go see it, please.
2: Please do and, it. And I just want to end on this one note.
1: <laughs> do it. I'm ready. Oh, my
2: God. Because I just was very vulnerable. And you know, I would have always be vulnerable and honest and truthful. Yes. Um, in telling you about, you know, why my preference is for a strong uh non-physically disabled lad to be able to pick me up off the ground but i just want to note that when i was telling that story of course i was envisioning one particular date in which that happened and i thought we were on a great trajectory and then and then the next week he told me that he had gotten serious with somebody else so maybe it's not maybe being picked up in the middle of the street is not all it's cracked up to be.
1: Like I said, I can't <laughs> take you off in the middle of the street, but I can run over the ableist for you. That's what I can offer you. Um, but Ryan Haddad, I love you as a friend and I love you as a fellow creator doing this work. Thank you so much for, just thank you for fucking doing it, man. It's hard what you're doing. And it's, it is something we don't see enough of. So I'm really, really excited for you to bring Hirey single to the stage and then hold me in the water later in the coming years. Um, later.
2: And there's another one that will be coming next season to New York called Dark Disabled Stories. And that is also an autobiographical monologue, but it does have a couple of other people in it. And um, it's different. (laughs) It's not, it's different. But so those are the, those are the plays right now that are disability centric. Um, And I'm excited to, to tell these different versions of the character of Ryan and have you get to know me a little more and more in the process. Amazing. Thank you, Andrew, for all the work that you are doing. Thank you for this podcast. And thank you for all of your activism uh on social media and beyond. Uh, you're quite wonderful.
1: Oh well that means the world that I, I I'm you're someone that I look up to. So that means a lot. Thank you. Um Ryan Hadad, how do the people get a hold of you if they want to like slide into your DMs and say hello? How do they do that?
2: I'm at Ryan J Haddad on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Awesome. I'll make sure that all those things in the show notes. Go see Hire You Single, March 28th to April 10th, Willie Mimon Theater. It is a do not miss. Go see it. Thank you so much for being here, Ryan, and we will talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark. From me, your Disabled Daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Gerza underscore, or you can follow my website, www.andrewgerza.com, to find out more about what I do. And of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early, and completely ad-free, by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, or you can send us an email to... Disability After Dark Pod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a Minnesota, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was created, recorded, and produced by Cripple & Co. Productions and Andrew Gerza. Any and all use of materials, graphics, audio recordings, etc. cannot be used or distributed without express permission. If you would like to use an episode of the podcast or license an episode of the podcast on your website, please consider emailing Andrew Gerza and Cripple Co. Productions at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com. Copyright 2022.